Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday and happy Hanukkah, Alyssa. so much you just told me that there's like a lifetime Hanukkah or is it lifetime or Hallmark Hallmark how how dare you confuse the two I'm so excited well yeah my bad (laughs) I'm so excited (laughs) because there's not ever any Hanukkah movies there's only like the Rugrats and that's it and so now I get to join in the you know uh, holiday spirit with my own the holiday spirit movie. yeah they make what 60 new Christmas movies a yeah. year for Hallmark and then they <laughs> and they always have, they release truly one every like other night and they will put pump out all these trailers while you're watching the first one that's like world premiere of Santa's sleigh bells and then it's they show you the trailer and uh, I was watching some this morning come for me okay I was watching the Hallmark Christmas movies and they are advertising this trailer for love light and Hanukkah this Saturday world premiere on the Hallmark Channel and it's it looks really really cheesy and really cute so we should definitely watch I'm so excited (laughs) I'm gonna get some latkes and some sufganya and just you know just take it in (laughs) feel like I'm part of the part of the group that's so cool um should we get started with Bachelorette Yes. Let's get into The Bachelorette. Oof. Well, first of all, I'm very disappointed in my guys, Bennett and Spencer. I had Spencer winning the whole thing in my bracket, and he, I don't know. I, he was too hot for his own good, I guess. I, I'm telling you, I screamed so loud that Tony ran out of his office. And it's funny <laughs> because I, I didn't even scream until he left in the rose ceremony, and I realized that that's the first I had seen of him the entire episode. So I don't know necessarily why I was so shocked. But he hadn't gotten really a lot of camera time, and then he just bounced really unceremoniously, and that was your number one. So I was happy in that regard, but I also (laughs) had him going wicked far, too. He was in my top two. So Uh, big ding to our to our brackets. Also, of course, you guys, I'm responsible for so little to do with the the, the, like updating, like the running of our podcast. And I was in charge (laughs) of the brackets and I still fucked it up. And finally, this week, Alyssa was like, I'm realizing that we're scoring the Bachelorette bracket wrong, which is very kind because I've just been scoring the (laughs) Bachelorette bracket. (laughs) And now now we're going to update it today, uh, I believe. The big question mark is... With the corrected scoring, we're still pretty neck and neck. It's just that Bennett makes a big difference. And Bennett did this weird comeback at the end of this episode that I think is totally unjustifiable. Super weird. He's the last person on that entire show I would want to say, hey, Taysha, from the back of a bush in the middle of the night. He's (laughs) scary. And then he's like, I love you. I would like to come back. And she's considering it, you guys. How do we... How did you react to this? I, w- I wrote down that Bennett has a real Patrick B- Bateman vibe happening. Thank you. Yes. I just, it really makes me, honestly, I know that the whole thing is like, you're questioning my integrity. It makes me question how sane Tasha is that she thinks this guy might still be a contender at this point, you know? Agreed. I Agreed. don't, I, I guess she's just, look, my taste is not her taste. Obviously, she sent Spencer home. Um, but... <laughs> 
and she sent my guy Kenny home. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm rooting for Zach because of my bracket, but I'm like not into him at all, even a little. And I'm very confused why she likes him so much. But um, I do feel like if Bennett stays, I should get the points for this week and however long he stays. <laughs> like yes, next week. yes, yes, yes. You and uh, you and Tim. Oh, okay, I think Tim great. had him gone. Tim had him technically gone, I think, next week. But, yeah, if he, if he stays, then you guys get the points. I'll allow it. Um, I'm you, such a good sport. Yeah, the commissioner <laughs> that doesn't even, like, understand the rules and points. Uh, speaking of Zach, though, and you are not caring for him, I did want to ask a question. And I think I know your answer um, because your attitude towards cheater, cheater, pumpkin eaters has been brought up on the pod before. <laughs> but when – Tasha's under the impression after the lie detector test that Zach is a cheater because he said yes to the question, have you ever cheated? She like talks to the camera and is like, this is a really, really horrible news. I do believe once a cheater, always a cheater. I think this is super disappointing. I'm really upset with him. I need to talk this out with him. And my reaction was a little, I felt like it was a bit harsh. It was a bit extreme. I was like, what do you, I mean, He's not cheating on you. He told the truth. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, I. but also if you're just, if you're the bachelorette and you get to have your pick of the litter, I, there is a lot of logic that sound to me about being like, well, why would I pick the cheater? What did you think? What did you think? Would you have gone in guns blazing as well? I get why she was upset because it seems like she was cheated on in her marriage. Mm. But the way that they played this, he was like, he thought it was like so cute and so smart of him and then he was like it was when I was in sixth grade and I was like this fucking sucks and I don't like that you think this is funny and people get really deeply hurt by cheating and have a hard time trusting people again and this whole thing is like Taisha putting herself out there and like you know trusting that you guys who are who you represent that you're that you're being on this show and in like a limited amount of time and I just like I just think he needs better jokes basically I'll also go on record saying that my middle school heartbreak was fucking devastating and traumatic. So just because it was in sixth grade, Zach, doesn't mean you didn't ruin someone's fucking life. Okay, That girl could have been really scarred from you making out with some other hoe at the Bolarama. Okay. Let me tell you, I had a boyfriend in eighth grade and I was not allowed to do anything in eighth grade because my parents were very strict. And on Friday night, we went out to the Agora Man Theater and I was invited to go with this guy somewhere, but I wasn't allowed to go to the movies with a boy. And my family decided to see the the movie that he said he, like, wasn't going to go unless I was going with him because I was his girlfriend. It was Be Cool with Eddie Murphy and Vince Vaughn, okay? <laughs> a movie that will live in infamy in my mind. And I walk my little ass in with my parents, and I see him in the front row making out with a girl <gasps> named Heather Hawes. No, Alyssa! <laughs> That is so not cool of him. And honestly, if I saw him today, I'd be like, fuck you. You cheated on me. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, Zach, this is not funny shit, okay? That's not ever funny. We need to take it seriously. Yeah. I just don't really like Zach, and I don't like that she's into him, but I have to root for him so I'll win at this point because there's, like, no other way for me to win because he's going top two, and, like, my number one is Spencer, and that's obviously out the window. So I'm rooting against Ben and for Zach. Let's go. Oh, Keep doing God. whatever you got to do. <laughs> Um, what else? I think, uh, we, I wanted to address the, 
difficult conversation that Ben had about his mental health and um, just wanted to say if anyone's listening who has lost someone um, to suicide, you maybe don't want to listen to this part of the conversation. So I'm going to give you a second to skip ahead. Um, But I personally feel like if you that recently tried to kill yourself, it's irresponsible of the producers to let you on this show. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It felt – I don't want to in any way shame him for being as brave as he was by opening up about something so incredibly serious. It's just really hard for me to swallow the idea of him telling that to producers and producers being like, well, great. This is something you should bring up on a one-on-one. Like it just trivializes – his life, like his actual life and the lives of the people who love him and, and everybody who is going to watch this and take this so seriously and be hanging on his every word. It gives him – it puts also so much responsibility on him that I don't think he's necessarily asking for either. And so that it's it's super complicated and I wish he wasn't put in that position. I agree with you. I think uh, it's was very shocking and I don't think what Tasha was even – thinking the answer was going to be when she was like there's something there that I like just don't know about yet um so it's it's and it's I, just a little bit too much for this show as a vehicle to handle I'm not judging anyone but I do think it's a little strange to break that news to your family on national television <laughs> yeah 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 that was a really heavy part too that he was and to say uh that his sister was a big part of his survival and that he hasn't really told her that really broke my heart i was like this feels like a conversation i shouldn't be privy to that's like, the big that's the big feeling yeah, I they was fully could have had that conversation i don't know it's just tough because it's like you don't want to surprise someone in the fantasy suites and make them feel like you weren't honest with them but it just seems like something that they could have arranged it so that he could talk to her off camera because then mm-hmm. it also becomes Tasha like you know carries a lot of weight with how she reacts to that and yeah. I feel bad that she has to now factor in like do I look cold-hearted if I eliminate him from the dating process based on this information yeah that's a really good point and I think that that happened in more cases than one this episode with a lot of the men opening up to her and I know I've said last week like I love how I love how, like, mushy and open and sweet these guys are being, and even with each other on these group dates and stuff. But it this week felt a lot a lot heavier, uh, and the stakes were a lot higher. And ultimately, after the group date where she had a couple of really intense heart-to-hearts with people revealing a lot about their past, the men revealing a lot about their past, that she was like, I'm not going to give out a rose, which I is the exact opposite of Claire giving herself a rose last week a couple weeks ago yeah I think her being like this is not so I don't want to trivialize any of the things that you guys have opened to me I don't want to make this part tonight can't be a competition I'm not gonna like because then yeah you're put in a position to if you if somebody opens up to you about this deep dark thing and aside from that you're not feeling like this is your potential husband but this is all the information we're getting you don't want to be judged for assuming that your decision is based off of that. I don't know. It's 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 a tough position for her to be in, and I think she handled it kind of well. Yeah. All things considered. For sure. Um, anything else about Bachelor before we move on to Bravo? The one last thing I have to say is Noah dumping an entire can <laughs> of fucking TikTok TikToks. Oh, my God. Noah <laughs> dumping an entire fucking thing of Tic Tacs into his mouth 
after Bennett was eliminated was so like disgusting to me. I was like, this yeah. is the like, such a like grotesque. Blech, blech. Get him out of here. Who does that? I also thought it was funny that like Tasha was like, no, do not be pleased with yourself. Like, it's mm-hmm. <laughs> like such a funny Scolding reaction him. for her to have. He's like, I don't know. He's got charisma and he knows he's hot and he knows he can like make her laugh. I also feel like The Bachelor just hates people that are funny. They're like, you're always joking. It's like, yeah, because this is a TV show. It needs to be entertaining. (laughs) And also, people fall in love by making each other laugh. Like, that's a big part of, you know, having a relationship with somebody. So why is everyone so mad when they're like, you're not serious enough? I'm like. I know. they Remember Corinne? I think Corinne was such a comedy on uh, Nick Viall's season. Yeah. She was so funny, but it was fueled by everybody hating her. And she'd be like, okay, sorry I took a nap and that hurt your feelings. <laughs> like, and, and then it, it would make the girl so much more upset at her. And it was this sick cycle of her being sort of a Noah where she's just like being a goof and not taking things seriously. And everybody's like, you've got to take this seriously. You're on the fucking Bachelor. And you're like, oh, my God. I will say that I have a friend who went to college with Corinne and (gasps) she said she like I I think they like ran in the same group of friends or something and a couple times like she would be like if Corinne's coming over I'm leaving and she would come back and they would have had a party and Corinne would have like thrown up all over her room (laughs) oh my god we saw so this was last year a Tim Taylor was having like a birthday party I think his own birthday party at his house and uh, someone brought Corinne as their date. And Corinne was in Tim's house for like 15 minutes. And, and it wild. was really weird. It was like, I don't know who the friend was who was like dating her at the time. But I saw her from across the room. And my brain was like just completely at war with itself. Because part of it was like, that's absolutely Corinne from The Bachelor. And the other <laughs> part was like, there's absolutely no fucking way that Corinne from The Bachelor is here at the same house party as you at Tim's house but it ended up being her very very strange wow (sighs) crazy all right Corinne come on the pod we're so close to you yeah we've got all the only so many degrees of separation right please come on the pod and defend the barf story let's do this exactly (laughs) um all right let's get into this fight at in Potomac Woo! what the fuck like how is Michael Darby even allowed on this show anymore (laughs) in Insane. And and the fact that the beginning of the party, he was like, I don't want to be making any scenes, so I'm not having any liquor. And then the second one proposes, he just goes down this slippery slope that's obviously fueled by his intense jealousy of Juan getting married yeah. to someone other than himself. Yeah. He calls Juan well-dressed and sexy like several times in the night and also out of the blue to a stranger goes, don't call me gay. Don't don't call me gay. And you're like, this is the most weirdly, intensely homophobic and like self-loathing party debacle scene. But Michael, get your shit together. So What's here's going the on? weird thing, too. It's interesting that you say that because Ashley, who I'm ride or die for, mm-hmm. um, went on Watch It Happens Live and she was like, it's so weird that everyone thinks my husband is attracted to Juan. They're so homophobic. Like, I love that my husband can compliment another man and not be homophobic. And I'm like, didn't he say he wanted to suck his dick like two seasons ago? Yeah. And, no, Look, you can be whatever you want to be, but let's not act like this isn't out of jealousy because he's attracted to Juan. Like, he is attracted to Juan. 
that's he is what it is. Clearly attracted to one, and to also announce to to be making all of these crazy claims, and then to be shouting, "But don't call me gay!" is homophobic, Ashley. I'm sorry. Like, it's, but to, to get like defensive in that way and be like, "Don't you dare call me gay!" It's like, "Fuck you, dude." And we see that really bizarre. Okay, so the fight happens, and I this is maybe like really inappropriate to say, but it did low key make me attracted to Candace's husband, Chris. For I, like, I, I'm totally with you. I was like, <laughs> this is I don't like Candace. I think she's annoying. I stand by everything I've said so far. But Karen saying to her like the truth will come out. I understand why Candace was so pissed off. And then yeah. Candace's husband turning around and reacting like that and saying like, do not speak about my wife that way. Also, by the way, he like barely touched him. He barely. Yes. Yes. He was basically did a great job like, of showcasing that. Yeah. I feel like the editors, I mean, they got to be like so against Michael Darby and Poe. Yeah. They because Michael be. has sexually assaulted that same exact camera crew before. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's fucking wild. I mean, I feel like, look, I, I think when you're around a guy like that, you got to be extra careful because, of course, he's going to get litigious. But and he's probably looking for a reason to prove that it's like Kristen Doty on Vanderpump Rules where she's like, see, everyone else is a liar. Like at every single turn, <laughs> like Dar- Michael Darby's probably like, see, people touch each other and there's no lawsuits, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like he was just sort of like, get out of my space. Like he was crowded in a corner and Michael came over and, and was like, yapping in his ear as he was like squished against the bar and so i feel like he was like hey you need to get the fuck away from me right now mm-hmm. i don't feel like he did any i don't think that was an assault right no it definitely wasn't an assault and in fact he was like pushing him back with a closed fist like and he didn't strike him ever he just like kept <laughs> yeah. pr- like forcing him back with this like closed fist on his stomach and then Michael was coming back for him. Like, people were holding Michael yeah. back. People weren't holding Chris back. Chris was shouting at him. But, like, he never, never, like, struck him, never assaulted him. And then Michael started shouting, you're going to jail, which is also so not crazy. fucking cool. Not fucking cool, dude. But, like, Chris walking out and buttoning up his fucking jacket, <laughs> I was is- like, oh, my God. It was <laughs> badass. And then he goes, he's a fucking Bitch, and yeah. I was so into it, Alyssa. And I don't I, think he's attractive at all. But no. I don't know what that says about my any. Ugh, it's whew. the jacket is bad. The jacket was very bad. I wish he was wearing a better jacket. I don't know. It looked but like he was a, it, an usher it was... at like the movies or something. I I was not into it. But no, I agree with you. But then in the same breath, like. For a second, Ashley thought that Chris punched her husband, and I love. I mean, I just like have my whole life wanted to have a friend like this who just turns around and goes like, oh, you want to talk about Monique, huh? Like, whatever. Like, just immediately sees red and, like, defends the person who's in her camp. But that being said, overall, I – I really, I really love Ashley, and I feel really sad that she continues to be put in these situations by her husband. It really is a real, it's like a, it's like a terrible thing to watch. It's awful, and you can't, there's, you know, if everybody, at one point, it seemed like people just thought the relationship was weird, but then you could just go, okay, well, whatever floats your boat, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, and we just want them to be happy. At this point, it doesn't even matter what's behind closed doors, and I can certainly assume it's just as fucked up if when you're in public, you guys are behaving like this. Like, yeah. it's now beyond, like, every, but every marriage is different, and it's like, no, not I don't want to pass judgment. Like, no, I'm going to pass fucking judgment if you give, like – 
Michael is behaving this way, and then you have to go down in flames with him and have to stand by him for this insane sort of outrageous behavior that was so offensive and, like, pretty dangerous, ultimately. Like, that – then, Ashley, what's going on, man? Like, ugh. I know, because I stand her, too. I really love her. I don't know. It makes me so sad. And then it makes me sad that she has to come out after this and be like, oh, look, we were just too liquored up. Like, we were drinking hard alcohol. And it's like, guys, I've been wasted many times, and this has never happened. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't think that you can – I don't know. It's just, like, a level of denial that I feel sad for her. And we've all been in bad relationships where we, like, defend things that we shouldn't defend. And this is just getting to a level where it's like, I just really hope that she gets out of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, that being said, uh, Ron, uh, Ron, Robin and Juan, Ron, <laughs> Dixon, <laughs> I just created a couple name for them, yes. are the hottest couple. Robin dancing in that circle, like feeling herself. I was just like, hell yeah, Robin. I was so jealous. When the night first started, I was like, I have such, uh, what do you call it? Hangout porn. Like the shows, the yeah. FTK is just hanging out porn because nobody gets to hang out anymore. When the party first started, I was like, eh, of all the parties on Bravo I've watched lately, I don't even want to really go to this one. It sounds like the music in the background is weird and everybody is dressed monkey and it seems like awkward. By the end of the episode and with exactly the scene you're talking about of her like dancing and people yeah. were having so much fun, I was like, I would give my left tit to be there. Oh my God. And they seemed so truly, truly like joyous and really, really happy, the two yeah. of them. And oh, yeah, I was really, I was very, very into it. Juan's like super hot and it was like very sexy of him to be like hey stop like he's the one who like calmed Michael down essentially which was like a very Mm -hmm. precarious situation but I was like horny and then (laughs) Robin I just feel like she she looks different to me all the time like based on how she's dressed but there's these moments where like she's in a bikini or she's like fully dressed up for dinner and you're just like she's banging like she's, she's ex- like strikingly this, beautiful too. it's hard yeah. to tell because like this cast is so over the top hot like all of them are so sexy and so sometimes mm-hmm. I feel like Robin doesn't get the attention she deserves but then it's in moments like this where I'm like damn she is fucking hot like I love yeah. it um anyway that's my feelings on Robin Dixon <laughs> <laughs> we just want to go on record you're fucking hot Robin exactly and you're a great dancer still feeling yourself um, shifting gears a little bit, Atlanta, I, I've just never seen a Bravo episode of television like this. It made me cry. Oof. Yeah, right right off the bat. I feel like I was a minute and a half in before I started writing down, have I ever cried at a premiere of a Real Housewives show the before? The only time, the two times I've cried watching Housewives are when Carol ran the marathon, when she ran the New York City marathon, I cried. Mm. And but that's just because I really want to run a marathon and it's super fucking hard. <laughs> and um, when Teresa came home from prison and saw her kids oh, for yeah. the first time, I cried. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that was that's a big tearjerker for sure. Uh, it was definitely very emotional. I, I'm also like props to Bravo for like, I don't know, covering a lot of showing like a lot of actual like news clips and like using things of substance, I think, in the first half of the episode. Um, and I... I just I, – I love Portia, and I yeah. am so proud of her. I've talked about it a lot on the pod. Yeah. And they even showed the clip that we talked about in our Portia episode of her misunderstanding <laughs> the Underground Railroad. And yeah. I think that's important, too, to be like, look how far she's come. Let's not pretend – like, I think it's really cool to show that type of, like, progress and 
Uh, man, and to do all of that while looking so fucking cool in her confessional look, like, yes, what a, what goals across the board. So sparkly. And to be a new mom, like, she has her little PJ. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that, you know, I feel like if you're a new mother, you could, it could go two ways. You could be like, I can't get arrested. I, I'm a mom. Like, I, if anything could, should happen to me. And then also, um... It seems like she feels even more like I'm going to make this world better for my daughter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool to see. And um, I just forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. <laughs> oh, um, I was going to say also that um, Georgia is literally like the center of the political universe right now. And so it's yeah. a good time to remind Bravo viewers who maybe aren't as plugged into politics of that. And then she's going on Watch What Happens Live afterwards and talking about how um, the two Democratic uh, Senate candidates, like, showed up to her grandfather's charity and, like, were giving out meals and stuff um, to people in Atlanta. And I, I just, like, I this is, like, all my interests combined, and I think they're handling it in a really um, good way, and everyone's doing mm-hmm. a great job. Yeah. The lawyer conversation with Kenya, like, I – you had an interesting take on this, and I just thought, like m- – Kenya is being put through the ringer and it's nice to see someone like building her up for sure. Yeah. I was most interested to see aside from, I mean, I feel like I've been more tapped in and following Portia a lot this year. And I, as I was getting excited for this premiere, I was like, Oh my God, I feel like I really, really need to catch up on Kenya and like make sure she's okay because she had a really dark, scary end to last season that looked like just super sad in a way that she totally didn't deserve. And uh, it seems like she's still having all of these really intense and unique problems in her marriage. And I told you that I got nervous at first Mm -hmm. when she is about to leave the conversation with her lawyer because he can tell that she's upset. And then he closes the door, but his mic is still on. And he's like, let me tell you something about rich, famous black women. And I was like, oh, no. This is going to be this horrible, (laughs) shitty, mansplainy thing. Like, the last thing Kenya needs in her life is, like, a fucking man yelling at her what to do and being like, let me tell you this. Yeah. But thank goodness for my heart rate and for Kenya that it ended up being a really, really great pep talk and trying to just, like, instill that same sort of, like, confidence and fight in her for – her life and what she wants her life to be in the life for her child. And he was like, you need to like put this, put this fire back in your heart about this. Like don't give up and you really do need to stay strong. And this, your you have just as much power in this situation as he does. And like, let's wield it and let's be smart. And you've got this. Like, yeah. He said, um, his failure is his failure, not yours. And I mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I think that's a really, important thing for her to hear and I hope that she has more people speaking to her like that behind the scenes because like you know this fucking sucks to be going through this like wall also going through COVID and everything it's that's yeah. crazy yeah it's it's really dark I I feel for her and so it's, it is nice to see her sort of at least in that little way on the up and up um, and I thought that the her talking to uh, Cynthia and Candy over it was interesting because I liked that they felt honest enough to just kind of listen but still give their feedback and be like, well, <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like Candy was very like, this doesn't seem like a good situation to me. And I, I think it's important when you have close friends like that and you're going through such a really tough time that your friends do feel like they can tell you yeah. what they think without being too prescriptive or whatever, but to be – an honest sounding board I feel like Cynthia was a little bit more optimistic but was still 
doing a little bit more listening than talking. So I thought that was a, a sweet scene. Do you want to talk about Cynthia's wedding? I do. So speaking of Cynthia, I I couldn't help but be really disappointed in her when the topic of her wedding came up because we know that she really, really wants to get married. She was planning on getting married this year, and obviously COVID has fucked everything up. And I feel for her and everyone who had a wedding planned for this year because it sucks that the whole point of a wedding is to gather with your loved ones and that we can't be gathering right now. But Cynthia is not the first nor the last person to deal with this problem, and yet she's acting like such a baby about it and is uh, is like... I, I'm very frustrated with her. Like, if you if it's really important for you to get married on that date, get married on that date and, like, go do it in a safe and extremely small way or do it on Zoom or whatever and then wait until we can have a big party and do that. But she's behaving in a way that's so – she's being such a brat. I'm sorry. And it's frustrating to me in an episode that really showcased some really good, I don't know, role model moments for so many of the other women yeah. of the cast. And then to have it contrasted by her, like, just – being a pouty little bitch about not having her wedding like get in line so many people the people you want to invite to this wedding have also have other weddings and other people to think about that are all changing like why do you think yours shouldn't yeah I feel like I don't understand why people are rushing to get married um unless there's like a family member you're afraid you're gonna lose or something during this time it's like just wait you know you can have the exact wedding that you want to have after this is all over You can't have it both ways. You either have like an intimate like elopement basically and then you're married or you have the big party. It really it's a bummer that, you know, I mean, we'll see it because the whole thing this season is her bachelorette party. But it's like, I don't know. I don't feel safe with those like Amazon plastic shields you guys uh, attached to like some sunglasses that you guys wore. I don't think that's necessarily going to protect everybody. No. And the logic of having you wear a mask and a stripper wear a mask while he gives you a lap dance is kind of bananas to me. (laughs) Like there's uh, the previews of what's coming up this season. There's like they're wearing a mask while doing insane things. Yeah. Like you guys do you guys know what how this all works? I'm confused. Yeah. For sure. So, yeah, I hope that – and I hope that at least if it keeps – I mean, people people can have their own opinions about it. It is what it is. But I'm glad that – we know that Bravo didn't film the actual wedding, correct? I don't know. I've seen some stuff on Instagram from it. I can't tell if that's going to be in the show or not. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> All I was going to say was I, I, I like, people are going to take it for what it is, and I just hope it's not a, like, oh, well, if Cynthia Bailey can have a huge wedding at <laughs> this time, then I can No, too. I totally agree with you, and that's actually, like, a perfect segue into Southern Charm because I feel oh, yeah. like, okay, look, we've talked about how the COVID laws are all different everywhere, and it's all fucked up, and so it's hard to blame anyone individually trying to be like, well, I'm hanging out with six people. That's what they said we can do which to me seems like a death sentence essentially but um it's shocking to see all these people on southern charm get diagnosed with covid basically create like a covid party house and then like like no offense taylor if you were if you got covid right if you (laughs) needed something i would like come in a hazmat suit drop it outside your door get in my car before you open the door i wouldn't like come just like hang outside your window with no mask on i know maybe that seems insane but it's like you can just wait the two weeks until they test negative for covid don't you think yeah i wonder how much of this if uh, 
to play devil's advocate has anything to do with the show being yeah. like somebody has to go do something. We mm-hmm. can't just keep recording these Zoom calls. But it doesn't seem like they twisted their arm if that was even the case. Um but you're right. It's it's definitely a little bit confusing. I, so many people on the show had COVID. I couldn't keep track of who did and didn't. Yeah. Because then I it think... would show like a scene with Madison and she'd be like, well, I have a negative test result. And I was like, wait, did you did you have it or did you not? Who did? And then Shep was self-isolating. Right. Even though he had a negative result, which is good. I liked that example. Uh, but there, it was like just really hard to keep track of like the full outbreak that this show had. And as a lot of shows in LA are trying to shoot right now and they're stopping the second there's one positive case, it's a bananas to me that this entire season of Southern Charm was still recorded while yeah. most of the cast had COVID. It's fucking crazy. And then also like this guy that they've been talking to on Zoom, like Craig's, you know, partner or whatever, he like they were doing the HSN shoot. And Craig, I assume, tested negative. They didn't really explicitly say, okay, I tested negative, so now I can, like, film my pillow commercial in my house or whatever. But then all of them show up there, and none of them are wearing masks inside. And I was like, even if he's negative, you should all be wearing masks inside. I don't know. It got to be too much. I've been trying to watch these things, like – knowing that a lot of the protocols are dictated by the producers like they might not want them wearing masks in every scene all that kind of stuff and I've been trying to just kind of like accept it but then I was thinking like this is setting a bad example for people like they're gonna be confused right and they're gonna be confused about the seriousness of this because it just seemed like they all hung out and drank some beer and then got better right yeah and the fact that most of the people on the cast were nearly entirely asymptomatic yeah, uh, really downplays it a little bit, but it's. I think I think they like the cast was making some effort to be seen as like taking it care, taking it seriously, but it's uh, it's a lot of very different information for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's bizarre. Um, do you want to talk about the Leva Catherine situation? I do. I don't want to like. I I think that. The biggest thing I want to say about it is that this is a year that we've had to have some really tough conversations with friends or family members or the fucking random kid you went to high school with on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, And I think that Leva provided a really good example of when you have to have a tough conversation with somebody that you believe did something profoundly fucked up and against your beliefs and morals because Catherine's behavior lately has been really inexcusable. And I think that her like nature on the call was not hostile and it was very informative and she was like listen Catherine these are the things that I've heard that you've said and done these are these are the reasons why they upset me I don't think that our friendship is has enough of a foundation or is frankly strong enough for me to be defending you so I just want to let you know I'm I'm both not going to be defending you to mutual friends or to our community. And I'm also really not going to be putting a lot of work into like sustaining this friendship. And it felt like a very responsible and smart way and healthy way to handle that conversation because I could see many people being like, well, fuck that bitch. She's out of my life. I was never even that close with her anyway. But in a situation like this, it's important to tell the Catherines in your life why they're not going to be in your life anymore so that they have all of the information and that could be hopefully used to make them better one day. It could be a learning opportunity. And in that same breath, she also said, hey, we don't have the friendship that's going to solve this or or I'm, I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to be your resource and your help at this time. But you need to be reaching out to people who are willing to do that. I think Danny really loves you and be, would be willing to stand by you in this time and maybe help you. But that's just like not going to be me. And I was like, this is 
great. It's it's harsh and truthful, but it didn't seem as uh, like volatile or hostile or even just mean and simplified and watered down as it could have been. It was like, I think, a very, a very good conversation. In For that sure. Way. Like, I have a hard time finding that middle ground in situations where I need to set a boundary, like where I'm not explosively upset, where I say things that aren't productive or I don't feel like it's my responsibility to like make that person feel okay you know Mm -hmm. and I think she did a really good job with that Mm -hmm. agreed what is the thing that you want to tell me about Pringles kids oh my god okay so Pringles (laughs) kid uh I told us I was like I have something to say about Pringles kid and she was like oh no because it's you would assume something mean I'm saying about a child which I definitely would do but (laughs) I just wanted to point out that one of Pringles' kids is named Asher, and that was the name of my most recent and very intelligent cockatiel. Oh, my God. (laughs) Also named Asher. And so I thought a bird fact would be – we haven't talked about birds in a while. Uh, And so that was my last – that was my last bird that I have had in adulthood, actually. I had him going into college. Wow. Did you take him with you or no? No. My parents had him. So he stayed at home with my parents, but he didn't like anybody but me. We've talked about this. It's a problem with birds. Um, And so he was like kind of grouchy and mean to my parents. And then eventually I donated him to this. No, just kidding. You bitch. No, it was like a rehoming shelter in Minneapolis that like was like, we'll find like a cute little old couple for this bird to go to that will, we're going to rehome all of these. They like rehomed pets of senior citizens, like low maintenance pets. Or that's a total lie, and my parents just killed the bird. I don't oh know. no! I, I went and dropped off the bird at this place, so it wasn't okay. like the it wasn't as though I was told that this supposedly happened. It did, but his name was Asher, which is also Pringles' son's name, uh, which is I think great. I thought about <laughs> getting you a bird for Christmas, and then I was like, I "Ooh, Tony and Fredo would be very upset." I think <laughs> <laughs> so. It was mostly Fredo was the deciding uh, factor. The thought is amazing, though. It's so good. We <laughs> just got me a fucking bird. You just start. <laughs> acting like Monique with T'Challa just like bringing the bird in the neighborhood on a leash and stuff (laughs) I fully would especially in quarantine are you kidding me and that bird would be speaking full sentences in a matter of weeks like I I would love it but you're right Fredo and Fredo and Tony would not be as chill my (laughs) parrot Amazing. Well, do you want to tee up our interview this week? Yeah. So this was obviously like such a such a big week. So many wonderful things to watch. One of which is my favorites. Uh, 90 Day Fiance came back. So we have a interview with uh, Jordan Van Dyna, who has previously come on to do 90 Day. He's a super funny writer. And he joined us to talk about this week's premiere. My parents got so worried. They signed me up for a dating app for farmers. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> We're just trying to give him a push, you know, just trying to help him out a little bit because, you know, he, he spent so much time on a farm doing everything. And it made sense to us. I had a adorable picture with you and a little uh, mini goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He's a great picture. <laughs> okay, you guys, to top off this very, very, very big week of, like, so much reality TV going on, we don't even know what to do our, with ourselves. We have our resident 90-day expert, Back on the pod, Jordan Van Dyna, an incredibly funny person and offensively talented writer. We've plugged the binge on Hulu several times on the pod. It's so very funny. Uh, and Jordan is back with us. I must admit that at first we asked you to come back to talk to us about a show called 
the gigolos or right. a gigolo? Just I... gigolos. There's okay, no, gigolo. yeah, there's no the or a, it's straight up gigolos. And then we realized that there wasn't really perhaps enough substance there to do a full interview on it or that maybe we didn't even want to spotlight it that much. But can you give us a very brief synopsis of what gigolos is before we get into this week's premiere of 90 Day Fiance? Of course. And I, I haven't seen the show in probably nine years, so I was panicking <laughs> that I would have to talk in depth about <laughs> this but all i really remember is that there was a man named brace who's got to be 60 and he's just beautifully bronzed he's a gigolo he has sex in vegas with women for money and he calls ejaculating cooking one off and every episode he says cooking one off maybe four or five times oh, no. and you have to celebrate it because it's a term that i've never heard before and it's fantastic uh, and then there's Nick Hawk, who's a rapper and also a gigolo. And it's a cast of characters that haven't been seen since The Wizard of Oz. You haven't seen a cast like this. It's incredible. <laughs> Varied people. They all have their own goals and dreams. And uh, yet they come together to fuck women for money. So it's really a treat. That's uh, nice. And I realized <laughs> while I was Wikipediaing it before this that the show was created by Richard Grieco from 21 Jump Street. I mean, the saga continues. It's just incredible. <laughs> Yep. What um what network was this on? Showtime. And wow. did it have several seasons? I think it has like 18 seasons. It never stopped. No. It might still be going for Wait, all I know. Is this like a response to HBO's Real Sex? I think so. That I makes read sense. in Richard Grieco's quote, he said something like, "Look, this is premium cable and we intend to see people fuck or something oh like that." Oh my god. I, and didn't you don't you didn't you meet one of them or see one of them in real life? Yes, I was in Vegas and I saw that that tan beauty brace uh, from a distance oh, no. and I went, yo, brace. And he pretended like he didn't hear me, but he looked right at me. And then I told all my friends about it, who I watched Gigolos with. And they were like, that's like seeing the Pope at the Vatican getting to see brace <laughs> in the middle of Vegas. It was incredible. And now he follows me on Instagram, but we've never no. corresponded. <gasps> yep. Do you think what do you, have you ever? Is Brace a name? I Brace? Brace. I it's it's close to Bryce, uh, but it's not quite there. So I don't know if that's a real name. All I know is that he says cooking one off, and that's all I need to hear. It's like you know, brace yourself for a good fucking ladies. Mm -hmm. It's yep. like Whoa! That. <laughs> there she goes. It's a late night podcast. the pope at the vatican okay great all right well then that so that is officially our that's our, your reporting on gigolos thank you so much i don't know who else would be able to do that because despite <laughs> it having 18 seasons potentially i've never ever heard of it before um we do want to get into so this was the premiere of 90 day fiance and i'm not talking about any spin-off of 90 day fiance i'm talking the classic 90 day fiance yep. where we meet a couple that's long distance and is deciding to do the k-1 visa and ship the foreigner over here to give them three months to get married and we met some new couples some old favorites what's what's your take jordan how do you feel about this premiere i just want to say one thing and, and that's i like the term cooking one off and now that i've got that out of the way <laughs> i Here's what I'll say is that since March, since the pandemic started, there's probably been 20 seasons of 90 Day Fiance, yeah. like yeah. offshoots and pillow talk, and none of them have masks, which means they shot all of these pre-COVID. How many are they stockpiling? This has to be the 40th season they shot before COVID started. What is going on with that? When did they shoot yeah. these? It's it is crazy how much they had like in the bank, I guess. The one reference I've seen about COVID is in 
one of the more recent episodes of 90 Day, The Other Way, mm-hmm. with uh, Submit and what is her name? The older woman that is with him. Lisa? Jenny. 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 Jenny, Jenny, Jenny. Yeah. Jenny and Submit and that she was living in India when the stay-at-home order like came into place and they were in a red zone and they were like, it's COVID. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. And then there's been like three episodes more of the season with no mention of COVID. Maybe they just so, live in one of those places, yeah. all of these people, that they don't care about it or don't believe it exists. And Rebecca works at that chicken place, right? Is that is that her? It, oh, she's, yeah. she's doing fast food. You got to wear the Rebecca? mask if you're working chicken. Rebecca, I love you so much. Okay, so Alyssa, you don't know this because you haven't ruined your life by watching as much of this as me and Jordan have. (laughs) But there is a spinoff called Before the 90 Days, B90, if you're in the inner circle. Okay. And B90 is people who are like just starting to date somebody who is long distance, starting to date somebody who's from another country or another part of the world. And uh, they're just like trying to document their long distance relationship. So there is a handful of the couples on this season's 90 day that we actually are familiar with because they were on the before the 90 day. One of which is Rebecca and Zied. And Rebecca is famous. Uh, I think you might have seen this or you'll at the very least get a kick out of it. Rebecca is famous for sending only filtered photos of herself Mm -hmm. to her boyfriend Zied, who is 23 years younger than her. And he like meets her at the airport when she visits Tunisia wearing a shirt with a photo of her with a filter, like a hot Instagram Kylie Jenner-esque filter face. Like the headshot just plastered on his shirt. And she comes off the plane and is like, oh my God. And then he turns to the camera and he's like, he, she doesn't look like this like she looks oh, no. different uh but they're still together and going strong because now she's bringing him over on a k1 visa and as jordan said is working at a chicken place to do so and what is with the tunisia connection i feel like there's a lot of guys from tunisia that come over here what is i wh- know that and this is just me totally speaking out of term based on one person that i dated there's like an army mandate for guys in tunisia so maybe they're like i don't want to do that you know yep. i don't know Ooh. that's just a thought so yeah, I was like a warrant out for my ex-boyfriend's arrest like when they like instated a draft in Tunisia and so he couldn't go visit any of their extended family anymore. <laughs> I don't know if he wants me to share that, but whatever. We're not know. together. He married Whoa. someone else. It's fine. This podcast just <laughs> took another great turn. Let's talk about that now. That's exciting. <laughs> um, my biggest question about how do you say his name? Zied? Zied. Zied um, is his hair we i would love to see some shampoo in it so greasy so (laughs) greasy it makes the filtering of her photos okay right Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, it evens out yeah yeah it really does because his hair is so gross it's not it's not great it definitely isn't but his he is just built for 90 day fiance because he has such good like um catchphrases like mm. the memorabilia on etsy you could get of zed is just endless it's oh my so god good. that's what i live for i like uh, the reddit people i feel that i probably said this the last podcast but the cross section of people that like 90 day fiance and also use reddit are the funniest people on earth uh, there's <laughs> no one better it's just so clever it's amazing I uh, I very much want to get your take on um, the farmer boy. Is it Brandon? Oh, no. He's <laughs> so dead inside. It's crazy. Brandon, yep. Brandon and Julia. What are our feelings about Brandon and Julia? Um, I very much enjoyed his intro, which was just like straight up cockroach eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
He was like, I love my job. I, I do pest control. And no mask, no, mask. no gloves is crawling in the crawl space going in of raw. a farm. Raw dogging. Much like Nick control. Hawk from Gigolos, he's going in totally raw. <laughs> also, he's so happy about it. He reminds me of Kenneth from 30 Rock because everything he asked him is just like, this is great. I'm having a blast under this house here. Yeah, that's that totally so makes true. sense. Ugh. I, I kept waffling about like, do I love his parents or do I hate his parents? No. I ended up mm-hmm. loving his parents. I'm sorry. No. Come for me. Do you not like them? The mom I, is so scary. Okay, and her perm is scary. scary. But she's right. She's yep. like, you should be on fucking birth control. And he's like, I don't know. I don't really like the feel of condoms. And she's like, well, grow <sighs> the fuck up. And then when they, I, you know what really turned me is that she was like, listen, when you're in our house, I'm sorry, but you need to be in separate rooms. But when she first gets here, we will pay for you guys to have a hotel room and you could do whatever it is you want. But like my house, my rules. And he's like, this is crazy because I'm 27. I should be allowed to like be with my girlfriend. And it's like, yeah, you're also 27. So then you could like go be with your girlfriend somewhere else if you wanted. Your parents are allowed to make the rules at their house. I ended up morphing into an old woman <laughs> while I was watching this episode. Yep. At the beginning, I'm watching it with Tony and I was like, that sucks. His parents are dicks. And at the end, I was like, the mother is a thousand percent right. She has every right to do what she's doing. Well, I'll tell you what my mother said to my dad when I went to Vegas for my 21st birthday. My dad was like, well, when you're married, you can stay in the same bed. And I was like, and my mom was like, don't tell her that. She's just going to go fucking get married. (laughs) So I feel like you should just be supportive and, you know, have as little rebellion as possible. They're 27. Like, who cares? Like, what what do you think they're doing when they're not around you? You know, and like, you uh, wound up marrying that Tunisian man in Vegas. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were right. <laughs> Completely right. I was I sure know. he was a virgin. So that whole thing came as a shock to me because he was saying that everyone used to make fun of him because he was so little. And I thought we were yeah. going to find out he was a virgin. But it turns out he's just using no condoms left and right. <laughs> yeah, he's just raw dogging every By the way, he can. I feel like we need to take a step back and look at the larger picture here that they literally make dogs fuck for a living. Like that just doesn't sit right with me. (laughs) If you're going to, I don't know. There's just something strange about not letting your son sleep in the same room as his girlfriend. Uh, Like having such a, in depth talk about pulling out with him and then but then also like making him part of the like let's get dogs horny so they like create puppies business yeah i don't know no that's true it's weird it's definitely weird and there's something weird about making your son a dating profile and uploading a profile picture where he's holding a baby goat (laughs) farmers only though that's that's where you want to post (laughs) that kind of picture yeah, I guess it, it's really just clickbait on farmers only. Yeah. This is true. But yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm very excited for when, uh, what is her name? Julia. Julia. When Julia comes. She's going to hate it, you guys. And what a treat for us. Yeah, we've this earned this. We've earned that we, sort of we hate. We have. We've really earned it. I think it's so great. I think that they really represent a very cliche sort of original Broadway cast of 90 Day Fiance where he hasn't really been honest with her about what her circumstances are coming over here and they're going to have to deal with the family and this big culture shock. Whereas I think Jovi from New Orleans and Yara are kind of the new age 90 Day where Jovi seems to be really kind of spitting the truth and it's like, this is the way that it's going to be and maybe it doesn't work out, but I think that she's really hot. Do you, whose side are you on with Jovi and Yara? I can't tell who's worse yet 
I agree. Yeah, we haven't gotten enough of Yara, I suppose. <laughs> I think Yara just seems, I mean, she got off a 30-hour flight. I yeah. give her that. It's tough, but she's so angry. You can't yeah. come into a situation that angry. She's upset with him. He just wants to have a good time, show her his friends, and he can't do that. And so I'm, I'm Team Jovi at this point. Yeah, I think it's a lot for a guy to, when you get off the plane, like have a lot planned. I think that's such, such a gesture that I would buck up and be like, okay, for sure. I also see being really fucking tired. I want to know how many layovers you guys think that she had because she knocked him for being like, well, Jovi wants to save money. So I took 17 different flights. Yeah, to we get started him. in Connecticut. I wound yeah. up back in the Ukraine. I don't understand what this flight was. But also, she requested flowers, which I feel like is a weird thing. You got to have flowers when i show up it's a bad sign any uh couple that starts like that on 90 day it's not gonna last i'm saying it here I'm saying it now <laughs> jordan if you showed up at the airport for to receive your long distance lover would you bring flowers wouldn't that I'd independently come to you one blu-ray of gigolos and i'd say you watch this <laughs> and then we'll talk about it after in podcast form but that's it no flowers i guess maybe i would i i don't know i, I don't know i i would have a more thoughtful gift than flowers I bought 10 minutes ago at the convenience store. I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing to bring flowers. I think the key point here is more so that she said, don't fucking show up if you don't mm -hmm. have flowers. Yep, these I think girls, that's what I'm getting at. These girls have fucking rules, man. It is very fascinating. Also, it's interesting that both of these women are from Russia. What was the wrong? guy? This girl reminds me of the one with the, the rapper. Was he in Miami or... And then she, he was constantly doing shows, and she's like, yeah, I, I really don't like what you do. I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah. Yes, she was from Russia, too. Okay, yeah. so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a fair there's a fair amount of, of, of different girls who are from there. Julia, yeah, Julia's from Russia, him. too, right? Yes. Yeah, they both are. That's what I'm saying. I think the both the two new couples that they showed us in this first premiere are both, like, cute, great girls from Russia who are coming over here. I like so. that she's a go-go dancer. That's exciting to me. I can't wait to see them fight about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you've yeah. got, of course, Mike and Natalie, which I, I don't know what to think about that, but uh, poor Mike, uh, you can't get rid of that uncle. That Uncle Bo is too good. <laughs> I know. You can't come it's for so, that guy. And it's also so mean of her to be like, well, you just have to kick him out. Yeah. He's like, he cures the swamp or whatever he does. He just like <laughs> nets out dirt from the swamp. You're going to kick that guy out? What's he going to do? Poor fella. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was holding my breath for him to say something scary. And then I was like, okay, okay. He's pretty normal. And then he's like, and then I pray to aliens. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. That's pretty bizarre. I guess you are in the countryside by yourself a lot. So maybe you've had like an encounter or something. But I don't know if we should be like praying to them. Yeah. Which I mean, get really a beer nice with them. Pray. Hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have, I would like to have a beer with Uncle Bobo or whatever his oh, name is. Oh, that'd be a blast. And Mike seems like very... I like that Mike isn't bringing that up when he talks about the reasons he can't kick him out. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a great credit score. We can't get him a, a nice <laughs> yeah. little studio apartment. We're going to need to help him as much as we can. Just let him live there. He'll live in a tent. He doesn't care. I yeah. feel like with the other couples, that you would see that they kind of like each other. And Mike and Natalie, like don't like each other yeah i don't i what was the main sticking point was it the religion thing is that why they or she said i don't love you that's that's what happened yeah he wasn't he didn't want to convert to like catholicism which is like all right i hear you mike 
and she was like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and then she threw her <laughs> ring back at him. And she was like, I don't love you. And then she, they broke up. And then so I was aghast to see them on uh, this premiere. But then I wasn't that into it because I was like, these guys don't really like each I'm other. I'm pretty so convinced that doing? one of the main reasons Taylor watches this is just so she can do accents on the pod. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's a good accent. <laughs> They're always very good. But I'm always like, she never misses a, an opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Where I don't. Uh, like I didn't even know about the visa process until I saw this show. It seems like these people left and right are trying to bring other people into the country through this process. Like it must be some kind of, you know, lonely person copy clash of like, here's what you do. You have the real, you have an upper hand here when someone needs something from you, like citizenship. (laughs) And then we Mm -hmm. go, I don't know. Like, where do they, I'm just so shocked that all of them like find so many of these people who are so ready to get married and leave their whole life behind so quickly. And many of them have multiples. Like usually they're like, yeah, I've done this twice before. I've married three Tunisians. It's just, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah. Like what, like what point do you have to reach as a human being that you want to get married a fourth time? Not only just normally, but like that you also want to go ahead and get married to someone who's trying to get citizenship the same exact way when you already got fucked over by one other person. People don't learn. Yeah. Dating is so hard already. I can't imagine. It's basically like dating, but adding the element of like DMV paperwork and fees and like, money. And you're and a, a yes. responsible for 10 years. Everything about it is terrible. Yeah. You have to be paying for You're financially Wait. responsible for them for so long. How? What? <laughs> I, I ha- somehow completely missed that. You have to pay for their visa for 10 years. Well, I don't know the exact details of this, but they always say I'm responsible for you for 10 years. So I think it's something like if they go to prison or if they're on the street or if they're any sort of nuisance to the United States, you're responsible. So you Ah. have to put up the money for it, whatever that means. Or if they go to jail, you have to bail them out or keep them there. Do you think what do you think both of these women, Yara and... Uh, forgive me, Julia, Yara and Julia, what do you think that they want to do as occupations when they get to the United States, if you had to guess? I think Yara wants to do not working. (laughs) 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 I think Julia thinks she's going to be like discovered, you know, she's like uh, on a TV show. She's a dancer. Julia said something that was really funny. She said, um, I take green card and stay here. Joke. And I'm just going to start saying joke whenever nobody laughs at what I say. It made me laugh so hard. I was like, wow, that's a great way to just like punch something up really quick. Joke. Yep. <laughs> she also did, did it so mean. She was very aggressive. Like joke. Like, don't you get it? I do like this. I think that we should start doing this. Okay. <laughs> joke. Um, what else? I feel like there was another weird thing, but I can't remember. Um. Uh, it does look like we might have something semi-political with a couple that we haven't met yet named Andrew and Amira because uh, um, it seems that Amira at one point gets detained. What? <laughs> the room went silent. People are stunned by this. Detained? Go on. Sorry. 
<laughs> are you okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was so funny i'm so sure you guys saw what i saw but it was oh like my this God. upcoming season on 90 day fiance and they like show all the couples that we're familiar with and they showed andrew and amira and they were both like facetiming and amira was like this is so scary i don't know what to do and i think that there is a complication with uh her k-1 visa and covid I oh, think that no. her visa expires in the middle of the pandemic and that she has like all of these complications and that they, they both are dealing with these like really, really scary logistical things. So that will be really fascinating because I have found in watching the show that I think most of the roadblocks that they hit and a lot of the like really scare, scary and like backward thinking scenes uh, this show has tailored to always happen in another country. Like, it's very pro-United States, and this might be the case of where they're finally showing something really scary happening to somebody in the United States. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I was going to say, you know what's, like, a really good thing to do to someone during a fucking pandemic is, like, lock them in a room with a bunch of other people where I'm sure they don't have masks or, like, ways to wash their hands. Yeah. I'm like, And then yeah. what are you going to do with them? Let's like, send... What, absolutely create like another vessel for the virus to spread through rather than just letting her chill with her boyfriend for a little longer during an unprecedented yeah. global letting pandemic stay safe at home we have more <laughs> they probably maybe we have bigger fish to fry than this like beautiful woman from another country staying at this dude's house yeah exactly like, let it be but i don't know this is just what i like guessed from looking at the preview and from the very little research I've been doing I was like it looks like things that might be an indicator of showing some pandemic related things affecting the season so we'll just have to see I, I the last thing I want to ask Jordan is do you feel is 90 day fiance the orig tried and true your favorite or have you found that any of the spin-offs have sort of become your favorite I I kind of liking is it after the 90 day is that the one where Colty was on Yes, happily ever after. Happily ever after. I'm liking that because it's all your favorite couples and you already have the history with them and then they're coming back and you're getting people like Colty with a new woman. He's trying to work out. He's vomiting in a garbage can. I love (laughs) that. I love seeing people I already recognize. So I'm going happily ever after if I have to pick one true show that I love. I do love Happily Ever After because it featured Michael and Angela, who I have to admit, I, I really love and they finally got married this season on happily ever after after being on 90 day fiance for like eight seasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh and that's the couple that christy teigen was like i will pay for michael's k-1 visa like i will do it they're so they've just been on tv for so long so i do think happily ever is a good spinoff that's a good answer thank you uh and then is there two last questions finally is there one last thing you want to say about gigolos and is there anything that you can plug right now or you want to promote for people to see or watch or laugh at I guess uh, my last quote will be cook one off and uh, (laughs) I'm going to promote the uh, Showtime app. And if you go to it, you can watch all 19 (laughs) seasons of Gigolos uh, produced and created by Richard Grieco. He has a full blown feature film Mm -hmm. out on the front page of Hulu. Okay. And he's promoting Gigolos. It's not as good as Gigolos. It's just not as good. It's just not as good. Nope. Couldn't hold up. <laughs> wow. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jordan. It's always a pleasure to have you. And uh, we'll chat with you next time. Great to talk to you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.